Hello and welcome to Pop Culture with Carrie Smith and Mystery Chris. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd. Hello, Mr. Chris. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm good. We got that video to work. Yay. <laughs> I'm you guys, we're still this is only our we did a test live video. This is our second live. This is our first official live video, second episode of Pop Culture. And we're glad that you're joining us. Uh, if you missed the first episode, we talked about the worst sitcom ever made. Maybe not the worst sitcom, but the most offensive sitcom ever made. And you can still go watch that episode. Do you want to tell them a little bit about what was in it? Yeah, so uh, that was an episode where we talked about a show from 1990 called How Honey, I'm Holmes, which starred Hitler as its main character in this weird fictional 1930s sitcom and it's him living with Ava Braun in a apartment in Berlin and their next door neighbors are Jews so yeah it's the weirdest thing I'm sorry I'm still <laughs> talking about it because I, if you had told me that that existed without just without showing it to me I would have thought you were <laughs> it does seem like that what well, was well, interesting I also read that the uh, couple who played the uh, Jewish uh, couple next door, uh, initially, both of them had tried out for Hitler and Ava. And wow. both of them were like, well, we think we'll probably be better as a Jewish couple. And so they did that. So, Wow. I, I just, I was blown away. Um, first of all, thank you to everyone in the chat. And we did get your comments about our test episode and the sound being off. If you could just tell us, is... Is Chris's microphone okay? We cranked it up. Sibilance. So, Sibilance. Yeah. I think it's I think it should be fine. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Therese says, yeah, if you want to watch that whole the whole episode of that show, we just discussed it. But if you want to see the whole episode, it is on YouTube. You can watch it. They actually filmed um, was it eight episodes? Eight episodes. It was supposed to be sixteen. They filmed eight. Only one of them aired. And then it got canceled. And there's debate as to why it got canceled. Some people say it's from controversy. Other people say it's because uh, Rupert Murdoch's company bought that satellite company and decided to cancel it and go with American shows. So, oh, it should have been because it was. It never should have been made. <laughs> it never should have been made. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I I loved like trying to get in the mind of people who create stuff like that art like that and trying to understand like what was their tip what did it ever make sense was there like any point in the process where i was like okay yeah i get it and then it just got warped or just never really made sense or for whatever reason it just kept going and going yeah i um well t it, that show is kind of appropriate for you know bringing up with what we're doing today because you have pulled some artwork for me that you're going to test me with later. If you guys stick around, we're going to do a test at the end because today we're asking the question, is it possible to separate the art from the artist? And we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then at the end, we're going to do a test and see if it's possible to judge an awful person by their art. And I don't know. I don't know. You're, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to show me some paintings and I'm going to see if I can guess which is, which belongs to awful people. And then we'll do, uh, we'll do some songs too. Sounds so, fun. First of all, Cole, can you bring up that first article? Um, while he's bringing this up, we can read from it a little bit, but just generally, like, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, so I know some of your thoughts, 
but do you think it's possible to separate the art from the artist? It's a question that, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I I think it is, and we were talking a little bit before we start rolling, but um, as in one of the articles you're gonna talk about, I think if the art is separate from any kind of message, like negative message that that artist or person was trying to put out, you know, if, if someone, you know, who's, you know, it becomes revealed is a child abuser sexually or just in general, uh, if the art that they produce was advocating that some way, if people start to see it and, and understand that maybe they were advocating for something along those lines, then yeah, I think it, it changes things. But otherwise, I, I tend to, to not think that. I, th- I I think it completely depends. And maybe we can throw out some examples of ones that we we just can't tolerate anymore now that we know they're terrible and others that we can separate because I don't know what it, what the defining line is. But this article is interesting. This is a piece that it's called Opinion. Should we separate art from the artist? And this one's interesting because it gives us a list of uh, qualifiers, a list of points that can help us do this. Uh, but I'll just start at the top because you can get a perspective of where this person's coming from, which is probably on the left, a little bit on the left. But um, it says, in recent years, celebrities and artists have been constantly revealed to be problematic in one or multiple ways. From comedian Chris Dahlia to President Donald Trump. Is he an artist? <laughs> <laughs> I know George Bush is an artist. Say hair are stylist, yeah. I guess. Maybe that counts. I don't know. Accusations of damaging behavior and sexual assault have taken over weeks worth of news cycles, beginning with the accusation of Harvey Weinstein. It is almost universally agreed upon that the actions of those who have committed these acts must be aggressively addressed. However, as these celebrities often make works that are beloved by many people, it leaves the public wondering, can we, in some situations, separate the art from the artist? Can we love a book, a movie, or series without condoning reprehensible behavior? The short answer to this question is not satisfying. It depends. It depends on a multitude of factors. Due to the, co- the complexity of this issue, the answer is not black and white. So here's, they have a, a list of questions to help you decide. So I thought we could go through these and see if these are really valid. Number one, is the art reflective of the person's horrible actions? Louis C.K. was a successful comedian who, during the Me Too movement, was accused of sexual misconduct by multiple women. His actions were heinous and caused a lot of harm to these women and their loved ones. After he received these accusations, he decided that he would release a comedy special where he made a number of jokes about his many allegations from the previous years. In this case, it is impossible to separate the art from the artist's actions because the art is reflective of the wrongdoings C.K. committed. Not only are the wrongdoings mentioned in the comedy special, but they are joked about. This art, along with this artist, is extremely harmful and therefore should not be separated. What what do you think about that? (laughs) And that was Louis Louis K. said this before everything came out. What do you mean? Was that just a quote from Louis C.K., was it? No, this is a person reading this. They they basically... I mean, this is a person's opinion. Uh, it's an opinion piece. They're basically saying because he was accused of all these Me Too scandals. And I don't right. know if you do you remember all the what different ones? Yes. Yeah, I remember some of that. So then when he came back and he did kind of take a break from the spotlight for a while and he took a, he took a break from the, the media and he stopped doing shows for a little while. And then when he came back and did a comedy special, they they just flipped out. 
like, how dare he come back and try to do comedy again? And this person is saying, I think it's funny because they're telling you outright what opinion to have. It is impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to separate him from his art, right? <laughs> Even in his case, though, he wasn't, like, accused of, like, flat-out sexual assault. He was just weirdo, just, like, asking to do things in front of women, which is really weird. But I was always surprised at, you know... It's weird, no doubt, but it was just—I was kind of surprised at some of the the, uh, I guess the ways people looked at those incidents compared to other things that we know Hollywood likes to certain people in Hollywood like to engage in. Yeah, like Roman Polanski. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's actual child rape, and they don't seem to have a problem with that. But right, Louis, right. Louis C.K. being gross. I think out of all the allegations I heard about him, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but almost every story I heard, it's like, yeah, he's disgusting. And yeah, he's trying to use his his fame to coerce people into these situations. But they could say no. Right. Like that's their choice. Except for the one, there was one story where it was a woman he worked with on set. Now that's completely, that's completely different. They're working together. It's not a uh, two different people in a voluntary situation. It's a workplace situation. But like the story where he was at the comedy festival and the two girls came up to his room and then he started engaging in this sexual behavior. It's like, you can leave the room. <laughs> right? Yeah. Take the plant with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't get that one. So I disagree with this person on this one. Can you read the second one, or is that uh, small? a little small? Can you make that a little bigger, Cole, so we can see it? I don't know if you can do that. You guys, give it up for Cole, who's doing our tech today. Uh, I'll I'll make I'll read this one while you're trying to make it bigger. So number two, this is the second question to ask: Has this art already had an impact on society? Okay, well, if that's a relevant question, why didn't you ask that about Louis C.K.? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. Now now this person is going to bring up J.K. Rowling. Many artists create pieces of art that have a lasting impact on society. Art can change the lives of millions, and this should be taken into account when deciding whether to continue to support the art in question. J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, has written novels that have had a substantial impact on a large number of people's lives. Harry Potter has proven to be more than a character to many people. Earlier this year, Rowling posted a blog post where she expressed concerns about the transgender movement that is occurring. I don't think that's what she said. She said biological sex is real. She didn't say, I have concerns about the transgender movement. Uh, her comments made in this blog post are extremely damaging to those in the transgender community. That's not true. What, is, what does that even mean? Yeah, what does that extremely damaging mean? And how can you speak on behalf of a community like that? Right. And therefore, she received major backlash from this. While what Rowling said and did was very hateful. Okay, again, that you're saying that like it's a fact. It's not. that She didn't say anything hateful. She said biological sex is real. Uh Okay, so while what she said and did was very hateful, her work has influenced the lives of thousands. As Daniel Radcliffe wrote in a response to Rowling's transphobia, they're calling it transphobia, quote, if these books taught you that love is the strongest force in the universe, 
then that is between you and the book that you read, and it is sacred, end quote. To cancel the entire Harry Potter world that she has created would cause more harm than good for many people. In this case, it would be ideal to separate her from her work due to the impact her work has had on society. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't agree. These are two very different standards, <laughs> right? Like, how is it in one case, it's like how, how much of an impact has your work had in the other case, it's, can you separate? The first question is like, can you separate it? Which is what I thought the whole piece was about. Okay. Anyway, third point. Will canceling this art harm innocent people? Movie and television sets consist of hundreds of people. Therefore, a movie or a television show is not defined by one actor. Boycotts of a movie or television show hurt more than just the actor they are trying to combat. These boycotts can harm the crew and writers who have worked tirelessly to make this movie or show a success. Kevin Spacey faced multiple sexual assault allegations in the year 2017. In the year 2018, the movie in which he had, he had a supporting role, Billionaire Boys Club, was set to air. The movie production team decided to air the movie, given that Spacey's role was minimal and the amount of work that the crew and the rest of the cast had already put into the film. Sadly, when the film aired, it was considered to be a flop and only made $126 million on opening night. This boycott not only had a devastating impact on Spacey, but also the rest of the cast and crew who had spent the time and money on this project. These innocent people were impacted by the actions of their co-star in a substantial way. In this case, separating art from the artist is essential in recognizing the work that others have put in. Why does that not apply to Louis C.K.? Right. I mean, because he had a movie coming out as well. And he directed Pootie Tang. He directed Pootie Tang. That had a major. <laughs> and I have that on DVD, so it's, it's close to home. <laughs> that had a major impact on society. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that fulfills obligation number two. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what she's saying? She's like, uh, she's like, okay, cancel Louis C.K. because it's impossible to separate him because his art is about the things that I, we're angry about. Don't cancel J.K. Rowling because her art had such a big impact on society, but that's a, that's objective. Mm -hmm. That's subjective, right? Yeah. I mean, Louis C.K., like Chris Rock said a lot of things that people were thinking, but he and Chris Rock and other comedians are very good at kind of crystallizing that and expressing it in a way that makes people, it reveals some kind of truth in the way they, they tell their jokes about, you know, certain things that are going on in society, certain things that we all are thinking, but, you know, want to express. And so you could make, like you're saying, make the same argument for Louis C.K. and the impact that he had on, you know, discourse or people looking at, you know, uh, society. Chappelle is in the same, same vein of getting people to think about certain things from a different point of view or, or a different perspective. So, yeah, the same thing applies. Where do you think this woman would stand on Chappelle? And by the way, I have to say hail to to Ryan, who's in the chat from RK Outpost. Ryan. Hello, Ryan. I can't believe you're in here. I thought you're on the blaze right now, or you were. I got to meet him today. He was so kind um, and see him. And uh, I know you watched their show, Mystery Chris. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's really cool. Thanks for being in the chat. Um, yeah, so what do you think this woman would say about Dave Chappelle? Well, I mean, if she's defending uh, Rowling on trans stuff and saying that she had an impact on uh, 
society or in terms of the fiction she wrote, then I would assume she would say the same thing. I don't know if maybe she's more concerned with the, the feminist aspect of, you know, the, you know, victims of say, quote unquote, victims of Louis C.K. being, you know, women. Uh, I, I'm guessing maybe that's to her, her bias that she's analyzing this with. I think she would actually, I think you're right. I think she would defend Chappelle, but it's because he's black. Mm. I think she would say his work has had a major impact in uh, discussing race relations and, and therefore we can excuse, she would accuse him of transphobia like she's doing JK Rowling, mm -hmm. but she would say we can excuse it because it's had a major impact. Not like Pootie Tang. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so so i before we get into some of the art pieces that you brought i mean this is something i've debated this question a lot and i'm just wondering what some of your general thoughts are on it because i can't figure out for me i'm kind of like this woman even though i'm making fun of her i'm all over the map there are some art artists whose art i cannot appreciate i can't separate them for some reason i don't i don't know why um, one of them is Tom Cruise. He's on my list. <laughs> why? I don't. I don't. I don't know why. The weird Scientology stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because he's a weird Scientologist. Actually, I think it's just because. Well, he is a weird Scientologist, and I can't get that image of him jumping out of the couch out of my head. <laughs> you know, like when he's on the Oprah. Yeah. And so when I see him in a movie, I can't. I can't forget that he's Tom Cruise, the weirdo. <laughs> and I can't get into the movie. Does that happen to you with anyone? Uh, it, it's starting to get that way with Star Trek a little bit, you know, uh, hearing some of the comments that some of the actors from TNG made, uh, it, it does kind of make me look at, I still love TNG, but it, it does kind of make me look at some of those characters a little bit differently. Still great characters, but the actors who played them, their philosophies are not aligned with that of the characters or the makers of the show. What do you mean? So. So, uh, well, yeah, you haven't. See, what we're going to do a Star Trek episode in the near future. <laughs> Mike Gary watch some Star Trek episodes, but you're you're not going to know who I'm talking about. But uh, Marina Sirtis, uh, who plays Counselor Troy on TNG, she made some comments after the winter storm here in Texas last year, in which uh, she basically said that we Texans deserved it because we didn't vote Beto into office. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was I was like, how how can someone play an empath? Because the character is empathic. How, how how can someone play an empath on a television show for seven years but lack any empathy whatsoever about people who disagree with her politically? And it's yeah. just I get the whole sense from like pretty much most of that that crew, the actors that played that, how a lot of them say like horrible things about um, people they don't like politically. And it's, 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 it, that's a, it's a little hard, but I just love Star Trek so much that I can kind of get over it. So, <laughs> But that, that would sort of be on your list of cro almost crossing the line where it bothers, it makes the art unwatchable for you. because you Not unwatchable, but it, it's on my mind. I think about it. Like it's hard to immerse myself in some, sometimes those episodes, you know, especially if a character does something that goes counter to what, say what, um, Picard in a new series would do what, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart clearly, you know, wants Picard to do. 
And so I'm like, uh, it just, it, it may also makes me sad too. <laughs> just a wave of sadness. Just, just thinking about that. Cause it, it's not just them having saying things on Twitter. I mean, clearly when they're kind of getting their way in terms of the, writing the characters or they just don't care the way the characters are in on the new iterations of Star Trek. It just, it, it does kind of make me look at some of the stuff in the past differently, not, not worse, but it, it's just, it's on my mind. So it's a little hard for me to, to fully immerse myself in it. By the way, I don't know if you can see the chat. We haven't figured all this out yet. Can you see what people are saying? Because they know exactly what you're talking about. I don't. No, yeah. They're all Star Trek. Oh, you will, Carrie. You will. Let <laughs> me talk like Yoda. You will. <laughs> yeah, there are people agreeing <laughs> with you. Um, we don't have super chats yet, guys. So we do have a subscribe star, but we have to get a certain number of views on this new channel before we super chats. But I'll just read some of the chat. Uh, TNG has been ruined for me by the actor's recent comments. That's Scott Miller. Um. I mean, she's nothing like her character in real life, mm -hmm. Crash says. And then somebody says, OG Star Trek only. Yeah. Yeah. Th th this same woman, when Christy Alley came out as a Trump supporter, uh, Marina Sirtis tweeted back at her in all caps, you're dead to me. And then like Michael Dorn to play Worf, like retweeted it or something, or gave it a heart, that little like, like, oh, stop, just stop, please. And then LeVar Burton, plays Jordy, you know LeVar Burton. I know LeVar Burton yeah. is. When he was uh, defending cancel culture, he's basically going to that argument, yeah, saying, you know, it's not about canceling, it's about consequences. Oh, gosh, I hate when they say that. Yep. They just repeat, they hear a phrase that someone else has said, and they think it's clever, and then they, yeah. adopt, <laughs> they adopt it as their own. It's a, it's a kind of lying, I think. Yeah. It's that kind of lying that Jordan Peterson talks about where, not that you can't believe that, but if you haven't given it proper thought to think to decide if you really believe that or not, if you're just repeating it because it helps squash dissent and you heard somebody else say it, mm. I think that's kind of like lying. Yeah. That's not that's not really your well thought at thought out opinion, right? Someone should do like a skit of reading rainbow, but where they burn books instead of read them. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. <laughs> I was thinking, can I tell the chat one of your we're going to do some sketch videos on this channel. Can I tell them one of yours or should we save it as a surprise? Uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Whatever. Well, you can tell them. It's the one Which about one? the the white family who has a black ghost. Yeah, yeah. So the white family is so uh, overcome with white guilt that when they move into a new house, they find out it's haunted by an old sassy black woman. But they have so much white guilt that they refuse to move. And so they just slowly go insane while this annoying, like, black sassy woman continues to <laughs> talk during movies and interrupt you know the teenage son when he's on the couch making out with his girlfriend <laughs> we have to make this but i want you to play the sassy black woman <laughs> <laughs> i've watched all the tyler paris movies i'm ready <laughs> you have a lot of funny ideas there that's just i was thinking of that one today um, okay, so what are some other artists? Because I'm still trying to figure out what is that dividing line. I don't exactly know why I have that line for Tom Cruise, but I do. So, then, uh, oh, go ahead, sir. No, you go ahead. Oh, uh, so I, I made a list of ones off the top of my head. Of course, Polanski, I think we briefly mentioned that before we went on air. Like, I, I have not seen all of Chinatown. I, st I want to, but then part of me is like, 
uh, I mean, I'm not giving money to him, but like in the article says, there's a lot of other people who worked on these movies and shows and stuff. So it's more like supporting them than supporting him. Um, yeah. Brian Singer, which I guess he is just a legend. Oh, because I don't gross. think he's been convicted of anything, but he did the first two X-Men movies and the Superman movie, which I'll never watch again because it's terrible anyway. So I'm not losing anything with that one, but the two X-Men ones, I'm like, uh, and then, um, of course, Cosby, which he's free man now. So, so you can separate Cosby from like you can watch old Cosby episodes. I, I can, and I can still listen to some of his old stand-up, you know, which I still think it's it's funny. But yeah, still. Yeah, I see. I I agree with you. I don't actually have a problem with. Maybe it's because I I think a director. I, I shouldn't think this, but. They're not on screen. I'm not looking at them unless they're Woody mm -hmm. Allen. <laughs> and <laughs> he, you know, he's in all almost all of his movies. And I can't really separate him. But I think that's just because I don't like the way he looks or talks. <laughs> um, so, you know, I like his movies that he's not in a lot. I've I but but yeah, for most directors, you don't see them. And so I'm not confronted with if I don't like them, like Brian Singer, I think he's gross, but I, I'm not thinking about him when I'm watching that movie. And the same thing for Roman Polanski. I mean. I really like Rosemary's Baby. I don't, I'm, I'm going to watch that even though I think he's a monster, you know? What about R. Kelly? Oh, you know what? That one's hard for me to answer because I'm not really an R. Kelly aficionado. <laughs> what is this picture, Cole? <laughs> Can you see that? Oh, it's Brian Singer, Matt Lauer, and uh, Harvey Weinstein, and a couple of other usual suspects. Kevin Spacey, I see. You know who needs to be on there is Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> Just naked. <laughs> I like that surprise surprise picture. Kevin um, Spacey is a weird one too because it, it, it you saw the videos he released after he got fired from uh, House of Cards. He came out with these weird, creepy videos. Like one where it's like oh uh, yeah, they came out Christmas time. Like one, I forget what year. One came out one year and the other one the following year. And uh, like this, the last one he did, I don't think he did one this past Christmas, but the last one he did, he was uh, in character, I put those in quotes, talking like Frank Underwood and saying something weird. And then he, he transitions to like suicide uh, prevention. And it's odd because like three of his uh, accusers like ended up like committing suicide, supposedly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. So it's like if I watch House of Cards now, I'm like, well, he's just playing himself. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Isn't he friends with the Clintons? I think. <laughs> I'm, did he did he go to Epstein's Island? There were a lot of people who went to Epstein's Island. Oh, he did. Maybe. Yeah. He was yeah. on that plane several times. Yeah. From what I remember. I know he was on there with uh, uh, Bill Clinton and uh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker's on no. Yeah. Chris no, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. In the All chat, right. tell me if I'm wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But that's I, I thought those three were on one of the plane rides together. Well, I'm crossing out uh, Rush Hour 1 through 3 on my list. Can't watch those. <laughs> yeah, Alan Scott is confirming what you said in chat. He said, didn't a lot of people that were pressing charges against Spacey end up dead? Yeah, isn't that so weird? That Maybe is gave a call to, uh, call to uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I think that guy is a straight up 
sociopath. If you, yeah. There's a behavior channel I like to watch on YouTube called the uh, Body Language Ghost. And she has a great video where she examines his body language in one of the court proceedings. And it's he's just chilling. He makes me think of just the just the way that his smiles that everything's off his body yeah. language is just slightly off in a way that you can't really explain why it creeps you out although she does a good job of explaining why but even if you you can't put your finger on it your the hair kind of stands up on the back of your neck <laughs> like he's kind of like that yeah okay so here's a few i'm going to name uh, if you can separate the art from the artist Kathy Griffin uh, well, I wasn't watching anything of hers to begin with. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or no, I mean, no, no. Because I don't watch it anyway. So. Michael Jackson. Yeah. And well, first of all, I haven't, I didn't see the HBO thing. Everyone I talked to says it's pretty damning. I did watch Razor Fist, uh, who covered that and is a defender of Michael Jackson. So I don't know. But I will say like, he has such great music that he could overcome not one, but two child molestation accusations, like court cases. Like think about how like good of music you have to make yeah. in order to overcome those two things. Like how many other artists could like survive that? But his music's so damn good. People are like, eh, well, you know, but you know, Thriller. Uh. Bowie. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Cause I know he said that he thought that the girl was older or she told him he's older. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think I can. Yeah. I think I can. Sep I mean, I, I think yeah, he's awful, but I can separate it. And and well, the, the thing is there's so many artists that, you know, engage in with underage people and a lot of times they talk about it in the songs and that's the other thing like even if there's no proof that they did anything in their actual life it's like in the music when they're making references to it like especially a lot of hip-hop songs past i know there's an oingo boingo song uh was that one song she was 16 years old oh yeah yeah i was you listening mean? to that recently and thinking i can't believe this hasn't been drug up from the past and canceled. There's so many songs like that though, Carrie. There's there's a ton. And so then I'm like, uh, should I be listening to the song? Because even again, it, even if they didn't do anything in real life, it's still in the, the music. Like that's Yeah. Yeah. The lyrics of that song, she's only 16 years old. It's like something like or the video. He's like going to her house. Yeah. In the music video yeah. he goes to her house and is trying to talk her up and her parents are like, no. Because she's got to get high school tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> middle school. <laughs> Nobody raised a red flag. No one record label or anything. It's like, eh, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you uh, shouldn't put this as your main single. Like, maybe it's a B-side, C-side. A lot of the 50s songs had themes like that. And speaking of, like, the 50s, and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, didn't he mm. marry a 13-year-old? Great Balls uh, of Fire. Probably, maybe. He did um, Edgar Allan Poe. Elvis and Priscilla Poe, was younger. Yeah, Priscilla was younger. Edgar Allan Poe married his 13-year-old cousin, which is disgusting. Uh. And he, but he also wrote these brilliant, dark short stories that kind mm -hmm. of put you in the mind of someone who uh, is personality disordered or put you in the mind of someone who has given themselves over to evil. We just read for book club, we read crime and punishment 
And it made me think a lot of Edgar Allan Poe's short story, The Black Cat. Have you, do you remember that story? I don't. Uh, it's, it's just a, a, it's a very short kind of version. I think if you don't want to read Crime and Punishment, read The Black Hat, just a couple pages long. <laughs> but it's in the mind of this person who's given themselves over to evil and he does such a great job. And maybe, maybe something has to be dark in you to be able to write something that dark. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, well, go ahead. No, I just, I thought you were going to say something about that. I have a couple more people to throw at you, if not. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you mentioned Gandhi. And mm -hmm. he's not an artist. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, like, everyone in history is racist. I think I, I'm going to write a book called Everyone in History is Racist. It'll be one page long. <laughs> I'll just say that. It'll be in. But, yeah, he was very racist. Like, he hated dark-skinned Africans, call them Kaffir, which is basically the N-word, South African, Africana, whatever you call it. But uh, he not only was very racist and thought that whites were the superior race, uh, allegedly he's, you know, uh, some people believe he had some underage relationships. And so, yeah, that. But a lot of people um, that I look up to in the technology realm or engineering realm has some pretty dark aspects to him. I know Howard Hughes is one people I look up to, but he was very racist, wanted to hire blacks and his uh, factories, uh, Tesla bought into eugenics and stuff like that. And then uh, um, Henry Ford, which has uh, been Nazi sympathizer, a little anti-Semitic. But, but the weird thing about Henry Ford is he also pushed for integration of his factories in Detroit, which is odd. He's very close friends with George Washington Carver. But I, I, to me, like, you know, I don't, I can separate that stuff because it doesn't have anything to do with what they produced. And so, you know, when I've talked to people like my parents and stuff about, you know, social justice, all these things and how they're trying to, approach things with a lens of race, of examining everything throughout history, art and movies and, you know, TV and books and everything through that lens to kind of recontextualize it. So they come it from that perspective to try to uh, find some racist angle to it. Even if they, even if, if it's true, like in terms of the person, the producer of that piece of art is racist, that doesn't mean that what they produce that that racism invalidates that because that's essentially the argument they make towards the founding fathers mm -hmm. that since founding fathers, many of them own slaves, that that somehow invalidates the constitution and those values that were incorporated into that document, which it doesn't. And the great thing about America is that even though it wasn't applied to all men and women at that time, as time went on, it did start getting applied to more and more people. And so I'm always hesitant to, to, for myself to to shy away from certain people in history that you know uh, turn out to be really horrible races, and they have art or some piece of engineering or something that I really love. And so that's that's such a great point about asking the same question about can you separate the art from the artist and and applying asking that question of historical figures and the documents that they produced or the principles that they pushed, like the founding fathers and um, Little Ragamuffin says in chat, there's a lot to consider. 
about the culture and events going on at the time. People don't take these things into account. We have the benefit of knowing history, but they were living it. Yeah, it's presentism where they judge, you know, the past by today's standards, today's morals. So. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to, Liz Clothier. Hello, Liz. She says, many artists have been awful people. Um, Caravaggio was convicted of murder. Can you put that that painting up, Cole? We actually, that's that's interesting. We pulled out a Caravaggio painting, or a couple of them. Caravaggio was convicted of murder, but he made amazing paintings. He did. He was uh, in the 1600s, and he's known for some of his religious paintings. There's one called um, The Taking of Christ, where you can see the Roman guards coming and taking Christ away. I think that might be the one that he's going to put on screen. But there were also, yeah, there's that painting. People might recognize that one. And then, but then there were also these disturbing paintings of, he did paintings of young boys. Mm. And a lot of art historians say they're probably boys. He, he's accused of not just murder, but pedastry. Yeah. And yet, you know, you see his pieces up still in the museums and it's not. And And one of the questions that you and I were talking about beforehand is, does are we okay with his paintings because his it was so long ago like no one's trying to cancel him even though yet. he was a murderer or yet <laughs> but he was a murderer and he he you know had relationships with young boys and no one's trying to cancel him is it because it was hundreds of years ago what i think, think it's part of it but a lot of people don't even care about art anyway so i don't think they're concentrating on that quite yet but i think it's more from you know if victims were minorities so if the you can take that one out call then i don't think people tend to care because you know if if you know social justice folks if they actually cared about victims and they would actually care about kids because kids are really the largest victims they don't have a they're not protected they're they're not the yeah. there's no protected class of of kids and so but they don't really care about kids. They don't really care about actual victims either. So, yeah. Uh, I just want to say hello to Nicole of the Mountain People, who's in the chat. <laughs> hello, Nicole. Thanks for showing up. Uh, she says hi, Carrie. Love you to the moon. Hello. Uh, so we have a game that we're going to play, and maybe we can talk about these folks afterwards. But this is sort of a test to see, because you said you had some paintings you wanted to show me and see if I could tell which one was painted by an awful person. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so uh, at risk of turning this into the Hitler channel. Um... <laughs> oh, God. We're... <laughs> <laughs> we are not, not going to do it. We're so... going to do it. All right. So. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, so uh, I, I gathered a collection of paintings and one of them is by uh, Adolf Hitler. And I'm going to see if Carrie can guess which one. I've so, never actually seen his art. I just know he was a painter. So, okay. All right. Let's Cole, if you could uh, pull up the first uh, PDF I sent you. Now, Cole was talking to us beforehand, guys, about... Uh, we were talking about different art and artists. And he was like, what about the guy who did uh, Piss Christ? I don't know if you guys remember that, that painting. It got a lot of media attention. And that's one where I don't... I don't think I have to separate the art from the artist because he, his art's disgusting. 
his art is disgusting. So I don't, it's not like, oh, I like this art, but what about the guy? He put himself in his disgusting self in the art, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, but Hitler, from all accounts that I've heard, his art was just kind of boring landscapes. So <laughs> maybe let's see if I can pick it out. Okay, this is the second one. Can you pull up the other one, please? We'll we'll come back to this one. <laughs> yes, thank you. Okay. So there will be seven slides, and so when when you're ready, so, to the slide next slide. Okay. Just like so how many of them do I get to know? How many of them are by an awful person? Hitler? Oh, there's only one. Oh, okay. Uh, am I, and are the the are the ones that are not his? Are they by somebody that we know, or just like random paintings? Um, some are random. Some are from some well-known artists, but most of them are random. Okay, and are there other awful people in here too? <laughs> well, I'm sure there are. <laughs> I didn't know. So. <laughs> okay. 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 Let's play. And what what happens if I win? <laughs> uh, you get a uh, copy of Mein Kampf. No, stop! We're, gonna be so... We're not going to last the third episode. I don't think people know how dark your sense of humor is. Oh yes. <laughs> so I said my I... my cough. That's uh, yeah. It's a book I'm I writing. Don't, I don't think this is. I don't think this is a him. This, this looks too uh, cheery. This looks like it was painted by. A, la a Latinx person. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like this is a, is that like an orange tree? It's hard for me to see. And then it just, it just looks fun and like outdoors in the summertime, maybe in Mexico. Like that just doesn't look like something Hitler would paint. But the, the strokes, the crazy strokes, the I scream like I'm crazy. No. And it, it's, it's just a, a lovely tree. I don't think that's him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next slide. Are you going to tell me at the end if I got it? Yeah. Okay. We're stuck in between slides. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh. Yep. Wait. It's just going down. Yep. Must, that was it. There we go. <laughs> that building, right? I think that's him. Hmm. Why say that? I seem to recall he he painted buildings uh not just landscapes right okay so for right now i'm gonna go with number two okay was he a failed architect also uh no okay <laughs> what other things did he fail in <laughs> <laughs> being human being human okay let's see number three Oh, no, that's not him. No, I, I think I yeah, recognize you know. that. Mm -hmm. Because I recognize that painting. Mm. Uh, I, I, and I, I don't think he would, he didn't, he didn't like people. I don't think he would paint people. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you can't see the hate. You <laughs> I don't see him as an artist saying, let me paint some people. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So no. <laughs> this one gets a no. Okay. 
No. People. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to have a love of humanity to uh-huh. maybe to to do just you know a, a a painting like this of people out on a stroll or by the water and I don't I don't think that I just wouldn't imagine him sitting down at the canvas and being like let me paint some men walking. Even the the muted colors, muted kind of ugly colors now. Mm, yeah, still no. Okay, okay. Tomsky says he failed in world wars. Nah. <laughs> uh, no. That's not him. That's too, the colors are too bright, I would say. And just this, this painting makes you, it draws you in. I'm interested about who this woman is. And I would think the person who painted it had to have some regard for her and uh, i'm just saying what's on the top of my head so that doesn't look like him in a wig <laughs> is that why you picked this one <laughs> <laughs> would you be surprised <laughs> oh crash says did he not love his aryan race yeah he that's true he did <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, but but re- did he really though? I don't know. I, I just think a person like that probably despises all of humanity, and uses race as a thing to to enact mm-hmm. resentment in murderous form, right? Like that's. Mm. Oh, somebody says somebody's spoiling it. They said that's a Gacy. Is that a? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spo- no spoilers. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next one. Oh, okay. I might change my vote to this one. Mm, why? Because because it's just buildings and a landscape, which, I mean, I guess that's cheating. Is I, I think that's what I heard he painted. So, uh, and it just looks kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of thing that might cause you great anger if you didn't get famous for uh i'm switching my vote to this one okay okay no not him that was clearly painted by a madman this one no this is not painted by him though because he he was an authoritarian and he i would imagine he has to he would he would paint with very rigid lines and structure. And mm. this is someone, this is like an impressionist or this is a person who's like having fun with the paint and making almost the trees look almost like clouds and like, like a kid with a uh, finger paints, you know, like this is not a, yeah, an authoritarian didn't paint this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, you're pretty certain on, on number six, you said number six. Okay. Well, Carrie, you should have stayed with number two. Ah! <laughs> number two. Go number back to number two. Oh, but look, I was right, right? Look at number you two. You were. You, your instincts were right. It's all rigid lines. Look at that. Very gray and muddy. Yeah. That's an authoritarian. all off. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's totally what an authoritarian would think. <laughs> so... What, what, do you know about the history? Because uh, Cole and I were talking. I've often heard 
that he had a lot of great, he had a lot of resentment because he was a failed artist. Is that just part of the myth or is that, is there any truth in that? Yeah, there's, there's truth in that. He did apply to art school, but didn't get in. And I know, I think it was his roommate got in. And so uh, he made a little bit of money selling his, his art, his watercolors and oil paintings on the street. And I believe in Vienna or, somewhere in Austria, uh, but he obviously never got the success that he wanted. And so, yeah, there we are. So I, I have a game for you. It'll be shorter than that one, but this is similar. I don't know if people know about, I've been, uh, uh, Cameron Pasha turned me on to this book called Chaos, which is about it's it, the Manson family. It's a reinvestigation into Charles Manson and his ties with the CIA. And it challenges the whole story that we thought we knew if you followed the narrative as set by uh, Bugliosi, who wrote the book Helter Skelter and who prosecuted the case. And it kind of turns a lot of that narrative on its head. And in reading that, though, I was reminded about how Charles Manson, he wanted to be a musician. He wanted to be a famous artist. <laughs> and he had worked his way kind of into the outskirts of the music scene at the time in Los Angeles. And he would go to a lot of these parties and rub elbows with, I think he was sort of in the same circles as like even the mamas and the papas in some cases, but he, the person he became closest to in the music world was Dennis Wilson from the beach boys and even staying at his house. And a bunch of the Manson girls were staying at his house for a while. And so Dennis Wilson, um, he wrote a song. Did you know that? Charles Manson wrote a song for the Beach Boys. Wait, what? Yes, it was called uh, Cease to Exist. And they changed the name of it to uh, Never Learn uh, Not to Love. Do you guys know that song? He that, was, that Beach Boys song was written by Charles Manson. And he was actually really angry because I think when they put it on the album, I don't know if they gave him co-writing credit or not. And, but whatever they gave him, it, was, it didn't satisfy him. And so uh, I think that you can imagine that probably generated some resentment on his part. But the other thing that happened is that um, Dennis Wilson introduced him to this famous music producer, Terry Melcher. And Terry Melcher lived at the house that Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate ended up moving into. Did you know that part? I didn't. Yeah, so Terry Melcher lived um, at Cielo Drive and he was married to Candace Bergen. How do you say her name? Oh, Bergen, I believe. That's yeah. Nice. And so Dennis Wilson had set up this meeting. Uh, he kept he kept bragging and, and talking up Charles Manson, the Manson family as musicians. And so Melcher finally met with him. He had an audition. He went out. He went out to the ranch and met with the Manson family and the Manson girls. And they sang like some hippie songs for him. And he ultimately rejected him and did not sign him to a record label and that just <laughs> according to the story of course he that just really caused a lot of resentment um but so i didn't i didn't i knew the story about him his connection to the beach boys but i didn't know that he had put out his own music or or that you can find it and so i'm going to play two songs for you and you tell me which one is by an awful person by, right. by Charles Manson. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Well, I can't play the whole thing. Cause I don't even know if there might be a copyright. I wonder if he, there's a copyright on this. 
terrible music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me see if I can figure out how to do this. Um, share. Share screen. Okay. Close your eyes because I think it's going to show the YouTube oh. video. Close your eyes. I'll tell you when you can open them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Chrome. Uh. No, let's play that one first. Okay. Tell me if you can hear this. I can hear it. Hmm. Two little boys had two little boys. Listen to the lyrics. See the lyrics, Mike. Gaily they played Okay, that's all I'm gonna play because I don't want to get a copyright strike. Okay. Okay. So close your eyes again. Okay. I'm gonna play one other. Okay, the audience you saw, so you can tell. Don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can open your eyes. Okay. There's a time for living. Oh. The time keeps on flying. Think you're loving, baby, and all you're doing is crying. Can you feel? Ah, those feelings real. Look at. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> Which song would I write if I was a crazy mass murderer? Um, <laughs> Which one? First or second one? I, ooh, I, I. Something just says the second one. Something about the second one just seems. I just picture his crazy ass playing guitar in front of this crazy <laughs> little horde of women. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with number two. You're correct. You yeah. win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One way to being a murderer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, you know who that, do you know who that first one was? No. Who was it? So that was a, a, a rare song by uh, John Denver. I was about to say John Denver because uh, it kind of sound like <laughs> But then yeah, also, but, like, the lyrics started off saying something about a little boy. So I was like, well, maybe that's me. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, hey, along the same lines of our conversation, Anthony and I were driving uh, on, a, on a trip for his music last year. And we were going through Colorado. And so we started listening to John Denver. And his music is just so kind of, of it, it's from that era. It's just such such calming, kind of hippie music. and. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, gosh, his music is just so positive and peace and hip. You know, I, I wonder if he was a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so yeah. we, but you never know. And so I looked it up and he wasn't a terrible person, but he has, there's terrible stories though, just like with mm. any human. Yeah. Uh, he actually, well, he was a bad alcoholic. He had his flight license taken away from him. He because he would fly his own planes. He, that's how he uh, died. yeah, that's how he died. He also 
he was on tour and his wife, they, they used to have these fights when he was out on the road and she, he came back from tour and she had cut down a bunch of his favorite trees. And so he drunkenly took the chainsaw and went into the house and sawed their bed, their bed in half. Oh, <laughs> and then he, Nicole says, Nicole says drunks are not necessarily terrible people, Carrie. I know. Of course. You're talking to a drunk. I used to be a professional. Okay. <laughs> I just mean, you wouldn't think with his music that he has yeah. this, like, drunken chainsaw fight where you like saw the bed in half and then and he saw the kitchen cabinets in, in half and I just think and then you hear his music like Rocky Mountain <laughs> <laughs> and in his head he's thinking kill kill destroy destroy must resist right. must resist voices right. well that's kind of like uh, Bob Ross maybe we talk about Bob Ross in a future episode but he had a little bit of a dark past not like super dark but Again, same thing with you and, and John Denver. You know, I always wondered if um, um, I just said his name, uh, Bob Ross had a dark past because he just seemed like someone who would have like a rough past, but then like found Jesus and mellowed out in his older age and just like painted happy trees and squirrels. Like like me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, uh, I know we're getting off the subject now of can you separate the art from the artist, but did you see the Bob Ross documentary that came out? I did. Uh, it was okay documentary. I already knew a lot of stuff because I uh, read an article, and actually I sent you an article. I put it in our, our little uh, spreadsheet. But, uh, yeah, what I, I wasn't... I wasn't as surprised by some of that stuff. Again, I already knew some of that, but you know, like we were talking about earlier about how many uh, historical figures have kind of dark past, you know, you just automatically kind of assume that there is stuff, maybe not to the degree as certain people throughout history, but as you say, everyone's kind of has a little something. And so I wasn't very surprised to find out some of the stuff and the alleged affairs and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, just to clarify something, Scott Miller says he did not go after his wife the chainsaw. No, he did not. I, yeah, he went. At, he saw the bed in half, <laughs> the, <laughs> the marital bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think that's it. We're trying to keep these shorter and not do the long rambling two-hour things. It's been about an hour. Do you think we should wrap it up? Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Tonight we have a we have a subscribe star that's now set up. Cold, if he can drop the link in the chat. Thank you, Mr. Chris, and uh, for for getting all the art together. And thanks, Cole, for running the tech. And thank you guys for being here. Bye. I forget all the things to say. Like and subscribe. <laughs> oh, we're a brand new channel. This is not this is on a new channel. So if you're not subscribed yet, hit subscribe. Take care, guys. Okay. Oh, wait. Our boomer moments. So. I need to have a, a post in there that tells me how to end broadcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Steven says, good night and God bless everyone. Okay, now end. <laughs> <laughs>